Thank you for tuning in to the Imperfectly Inspirational Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Bowman, and hopefully this week I'm coming to you with a little bit better sound. At least I believe it's better sound. I want to say thank you so much to my wife for hooking me up with this awesome sound equipment. And also, I want to say thank you so much to those out there who have followed us, who have liked, uh, also even shared and commented on our podcast. It really means a lot, and it helps us grow organically. This way, people aren't having to follow uh, the list all the way to the bottom just to find our podcast. Also, if you have a Facebook, we are looking to expand this brand and do different things. On Facebook, we did create a page. It is, if you go type into your search bar, Imperfectly Inspirational, you'll see what you see on Spotify or Apple Music as our album cover. And just follow us there. We're going to be putting out new content in the future, different inspirational things, uh, to hopefully make everybody's day a little bit brighter. But anyways, enough of the advertisement. Let's get into the content this week. I would like to talk about this week living the good life. What does that mean? Well, everybody's got a different thought process on what the good life really is. Mine, for example, is going to be sitting on the beach, watching the waves, not a worry in the world. All my finances are taken care of. My kids are in a good position. I could just be mindless for a moment. And honestly, most of us are going to have that same thought process. We're going to want abundance. We're going to want everything to be okay. And you know, there is nothing wrong with that at all. The only time there becomes a problem with that is when we start to put that over God, when we put that over what the reality of life of a good life really is, and we start to just focus on this abundance more and more, and we can't step back and be thankful for the things that we do have in our life. And, you know, society wants to tell us, hey, you need more of this. You need more of that. Life is not good unless you have this product sitting in your house. And, you know, as I just said before, there's nothing wrong with having these things. There's nothing wrong with wanting things. It is having the right priorities with it. And today I want us to step back and take a look at what Scripture says about living the good life and some attributes that we can put in place that can help us get to that point. But before that, I want to read a, uh, a quote. And this quote is, he's not a Christian guy, but is uh, Marcus Aurelius. He was a Roman emperor. He was a philosopher. And I want to read this quote because it kind of goes with what I'm talking about. It says, most of what we say and do is not essential. If you can eliminate it, you'll have more time and more tranquility. Ask yourself at every moment, is this necessary? But we need to eliminate the unnecessary assumptions as well to eliminate the unnecessary actions that follow. So ultimately, think before you think. And that will really help you live the good life to cut out some of these distractions that make you really just want things and have the wrong focus in life. But, you know, let's jump into the scripture today. We are going to be reading from Galatians 6. We're going to be reading... As Paul has been talking to the Galatian church, he's written them and saying, hey, you've kind of put too many rules on what Christ said, you know, it's flowing the freedom. And he kind of gives a rundown here in chapter six of kind of what the reality of what they're supposed to do in life is and how they should act as Christians. But I, I look at this and say, you know what? 
in order to live a good life and a fulfilled life, these are some actions that we really should take on a daily basis. So let's go in. I'm going to give you eight things that you need to do based on this text here. And we're going to start with verse 1. It says, Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you too be tempted. So what does that really mean? What is a transgression? Well, it's, a, it's an act against God, uh, ultimately a sinful act, I should say. Whether you're cheating on your spouse, you're uh, stealing, you're into drugs, or so you're committing these sins that are against God, and you're ultimately going astray from the life that God has for, me, for you. And uh, how are you supposed to approach that? Well, one way to live a good life is to help those who've messed up. Guide them. Guide them. Now, does it say that we're to go to this individual, beat them upside the head with the Bible, and said, you failed miserably, you're horrible? No, it says how. How are we supposed to guide them? With gentleness. Because honestly, none of us deserve gentleness, but God has been so gracious to pour his mercy upon us that we need to make sure that when somebody failed, when somebody is, is messing up, that we can give them guidance in accordance to how God has given us guidance and mercy in our lives. What's number two here? It says, verse two, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. What does that mean to be a burden bearer? That means, let me give you an example here. Say somebody's house catches on fire. Instead of, oh, I'm sorry, I'm going to pray for you, get into action. Get into action. Go. Say, you know what? I'll set up the GoFundMe. I'm going to go. What size clothes do y'all need? You're going to go do this behind the scenes stuff and take some of this burden off so they can focus on what they need to do. Or maybe you're close with somebody, a couple that has children, and you see them struggling and you're like, you know what? Hey, I've known you for years. We trust each other. I can watch your kids tonight for you so you and your husband can go out and take a break. You need that. That's a burden bearer, helping out with something where you see that there is honestly a struggle. Let's go into verse 3 here. It says, For if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Don't think highly of yourself. Don't be arrogant. Don't go out into the world thinking because I've helped somebody or because I don't ask for help, uh, I'm this big shot. I'm this big shot, you know. Uh, no, don't do that. Let's look at number four here. It says, but let each one test his own work. And then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not his neighbor. For each will have to bear his own load. So ultimately, I want to go back to the one before. Don't think highly of yourself because you're helping somebody else. Don't be arrogant. And if you are going to boast and say, I did it. It is because you did your own responsibilities. So let's break that down here. In verse 5, we're, we're reading here that Paul says, bear one another's burdens. But then he says, we're supposed to bear our own load. What does that mean? Well, the burdens is what I mentioned before. I gave you the fire example. And in this case, it's going to work. It's your own responsibilities. It's going to work. It's your own kids on a regular basis. It's paying your bills. It's those things. Show up to do what you need to do. And Paul's saying, okay, well, if he's going to talk about being good, he's going to talk about being good on the things that he's supposed to do, you know? So uh, we got number three, don't think highly of yourself. Four, take care of your own responsibilities. That right there is a big one. I, I just, 
you know, this is what we're talking about right now. Don't miss the boat on these things, especially if you're going to call yourself a Christian. I have seen too many Christians never pay their bills, never show up to work on time, never take care of their children. They've walked out and abandoned their kids. If you are a Christian, you are supposed to take care of your responsibilities. God has taken care of you. He's given you the opportunities. Step up. Do what you need to do. Uh, enough on that before I go down a whole a rabbit trail there. Let's go to number five there. And it says, let the one who was taught the word share all good things with the one who teaches. Ultimately, to break that down, that means to be in fellowship. See, most of the things right now that we've read, you know, the, the five tips I'm giving you, have ultimately been about working together, minus the take care of your own responsibilities. Everything has kind of been about working together. See, we have been made to be in a community, into a, a tribal, per se, type of situations. We're not meant to be alone. And ultimately, I could tell you that, you know, living here in the United States and uh, dealing with people from other cultures, they are more family-oriented and, and togetherness-oriented than a lot of people that have been, I'll, I use the term Americanized. I love America. This is nothing against it. But we have too much of this mentality of, I'm going to do it alone. And we're not meant to do it alone. We're meant to take care of our main responsibilities, but we're meant to be with people and have help from people and to love each other. And so this tip number six here is to be in fellowship. That is so important. Uh, too many too many times I've seen people, and, and I'm guilty of it too, after church is over, that preacher says amen, and they are like, let's go. Let's go. And they're the, the last ones in the door before the service starts. And, you know, sometimes schedules work. Everything makes it to where we have to do that. But uh, – it's a beautiful thing when you see people stopping and talking and just enjoying, you know, replaying out loud what the pastor talked about, talking about the goodness of God throughout their week or, or whatever it may be. That fellowship is so important. So maybe I'll give you a tip now is when church is over, talk to some people before you leave or maybe get there a few minutes early and talk to some people. Let's have that fellowship. It is so important to not only helping somebody else out, but it helps you grow as well. So let's continue on. It says, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever one sows, that he will also reap. I want to continue reading to the end of this. It says, for the one who sows to his own flesh will from his flesh reap corruption. But the one who sows from the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. And let us not grow weary of doing good, for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So that goes with the next couple of things I have. It says, do not be deceived. Choose what harvest you prefer and do not grow weary of doing good. So do not be deceived. What do we mean by do not be deceived? Well, society is going to tell you that being a Christian and following God and following these things, that they do not do anything good for you. That ultimately you're wasting your time, you're wasting your breath. Look at all this fun you can have out here. You know what? Don't be deceived by those things. 
look back and remind yourself the things that God has done and what kind of work you've seen God do in your life. Remind yourself of that daily so when these things come up, you can be ready to deal with it. And it says, choose what harvest you prefer. Well, if you're going to sow your life in the flesh, you're going to go out and you're going to want to miss out on church. You're going to want to live this party lifestyle. Well, then you're going to end up getting all those things in life. And if you choose to go out and, and focus on the spirit of God and focus on the spiritual things and, and, and share God with other people, you're going to see that goodness of God grow within your life. And honestly, it says here in my, my eighth thing was don't grow weary. There's going to be moments where you're tired of doing this good, where you're tired of, of being spiritual because it's going to look like the, the non-spiritual is winning. But ultimately at the end, we know how the book ends. God wins and you will win out. And there are physical blessings to this as well. Now, I'm not sitting here being a prosperity preacher, but I do believe that if you do good in life and you put good forward and you're trying your best and doing your best, you're going to get good things come your way. That good life, that that dream of mine that I have sitting on the beach with not a worry in the world, I do believe that that is possible as long as I'm following God's plan. Now, does this mean that I am immune to things going wrong? Does this mean I'm not going to have anything bad happen to me? No. There's going to be struggles. There's going to be trials, but it's going to be persistence Following God's plan. Now, i got to remember that. Following God's plan, right? Choosing the right things to grow and not giving up. So let's, let's go back and let's go down this list again of how to live the good life. So if you're tired of living a struggle from day to day and you say, what I give up, what is there that I could do to live a life that can help me be fulfilled, that can help me ultimately be stress-free. Now, that doesn't mean there's not going to be stress in your life, but you've learned how to deal with this stress. Well, let's go down these eight tips again. So number one is going to be guide those who's messed up. Be a help to those who've made mistakes. Be wise. Teach them your ways and, and be gentle. Be gentle. Two is be a burden bearer. Help those who need help. Three. Do not think highly of yourself. Remember who you are, right? Number four, take care of your own responsibilities. You have things that other people cannot bear for you. You have things that God has placed on your heart. You have had things that God has placed in your life that it is your responsibility to take care of. And I can tell you right now that number four is the biggie. Number four is the biggie that if you don't do this, you're definitely not going to live the good life. you got to take care of those things that God has placed in front of you. Number five, be in fellowship. Don't do this alone. Be with those people who are, are out there and wanting to be in the same position as you. Fellowship. Love one another. Six, do not be deceived. Don't let the world get to you. They will do everything they can to take you down and to tell you that this is wrong, that the, the spiritual journey that you are on is going to take you down the wrong road, and it is not. Falling for that lie will take you down the wrong road. Choose what you, what kind of harvest you prefer. Listen, there's two ways you could do it in this world. I choose the good one. I choose to follow the spiritual life. I choose to prefer, well, I prefer to choose uh, 
what God has put in front of me. And it's not always easy. We, If you know any farmers, they will tell you that working on a farm is not easy. And honestly, any one you choose, if you choose to live in the flesh or even if you choose to, uh, to live in the spiritual realm, both of those are going to be a hard road, but the final results are what speaks for itself. I choose to toil in the spiritual because I know the reward is great at the end. And don't grow weary. Listen, it's going to be tiring. It is, but in the end, it is worth it. You'll continue to see the blessings of God on your life as long as you are doing the right thing. But understand that doesn't mean that there's going to be hard times. It just means you're going to be able to get through them easier because you have the goodness of God on your side. So listen, folks, the good life is all about being good. It's about being good. It's about following what God says to do and listening to that plan. Dive into your Bible, help one another, and be good. That's living the good life. And that'll get you to your goals, follow your dreams, but make sure you do it with a prayer and God's guidance. Folks, thank you so much for tuning in this week. Hopefully this could be a blessing to you. We will see you next week. Thank you.